Welcome to Survival Matters, a podcast series about surviving and flourishing in the 21st century. I'm Mark, your host from Australia 21. We are an independent, not-for-profit public policy think tank that does research on the critical social, environmental, economic and national security issues facing Australia. In this series, we are tackling something hugely important. We are considering the threats we currently face to human survival on this planet. You almost certainly know something about climate change, but there are many other related problems that are putting humanity at risk. We will be talking to a range of experts and advocates, young and old, to explore how we can solve these problems that we face as a species. And we want you to come along with us, because the only way we can solve these problems is if every one of us does something about it. If everyone does their part, we can live in a more happy, healthy and wholesome world. To set the scene, in the 4.5 billion year history of the planet, humans have been using engines for around roughly 250 years and using computers for just over 80 years. And in that small amount of time, we have achieved incredible feats. We have explored the deepest parts of the ocean, the thickest jungles, we have climbed to the highest peaks on the planet and have been to space. However, in our race for productivity and growth, we have lost touch with the fundamental fact that we need the planet to be healthy in order for us to stay alive. Let's listen briefly to an interview with Canberra science writer Julian Cribb, who we will also hear more from later in the series. My name's Julian Cribb. Uh, I'm a science writer. I've been a newspaper editor, a journalist for uh, more than 40 years. I've been writing about science all of that time. And in the last 10 or 15 years, basically since 2000, I've been bumping into more and more scientists in particular, but also grandparents such as myself and young people who are starting to say we are entering the end game in human history. Is this the end of the human species, the end of human civilization? Because they're very worried about the future. Now, I didn't know whether they were right or wrong, but as a science writer, I thought it's possible to find out the truth of this. I could delve into the best science all around the world, the best universities, the best researchers, and find out what they were saying on the various topics. Now, what I found from all of that was that there are huge man-made risks that are bearing down on us, and they are creating what you could call an existential emergency. We are facing the biggest challenge in the entire history of the human species. That's in the last million years. Bigger than anything else that we've ever faced. And it's not just climate change. It's also the fact that our resources are running out. It's the fact that uh, we've poisoned our planet. It's the fact that the food supply is no longer secure. Uh, it's the fact that uh, um, weapons of mass destruction are now capable of taking out the entire species in a very short space of time. It's the fact that we've got all these powerful new technologies over which we have absolutely no control. So all of these strands are coming together at this moment in human history and people have not got answers for them. They've got answers for them individually, but they have not understood that the complexity of the problem is that all of these threats are coming together at the same time and they must be solved at the same time and by a solution that makes none of them worse. 
However you solve climate change, it must make nothing else worse. However you solve the food crisis, it must not make climate change worse. So we need to come up with solutions that are completely cross-cutting if we are to have a future. So in a nutshell, Julian is saying that we've lost sight of what is truly important. And now we face 10 mega threats to the survival of humans and all life on Earth that we must overcome to avoid mass extinction. This series will explore these issues, how they arose and what we can do to stop them. The first session is on our culture, how we let these issues build and what we can do about it. Let's speak to Emeritus Professor Bob Douglas, a retired public health academic and a founding director of Australia 21. He's going to speak to us about the need for a change in the way that we humans think about the planet. Bob, is Julian Cribb correct in saying that we are facing the biggest challenge in human history? Thanks for having me, Mark. I'm afraid I agree with Julian 100%. Our growing numbers, our technology and our consumption are overloading the Earth's capacity to absorb, replenish and repair, so that we face risks not just from localised pollution, but from fundamental damage to life support systems. We cannot live apart from nature. The risks we face arise from the disruption of natural systems because we are exceeding the carrying capacity of the planet. Humans cannot live apart from an intact web of life. And the web of life that supports us is being progressively destroyed by our human activities. So I think that a major part of our problem is that we have developed a style of thinking that says that the planet has been created for our benefit and that we are in total control of it. This kind of thinking is often referred to as anthropocentrism. We humans take the view that it is our welfare that is sacrosanct and that everything else must be done to ensure that our needs and our interests are met. Bob, why has it come to this? How have things gotten so out of hand? I think it's come to this since we became the dominant species on the planet, both numerically and technologically. And it's perfectly understandable that we would want to put our own interests ahead of other species. But now that our species is under serious threat, we have to develop a new style. The new mindset or style of thinking that I'm talking about is sometimes called ecocentrism. Instead of seeing humans as the superior species in total control of the planet, we must now recognise our utter dependence on healthy ecosystems and make their nurture central to our culture. Ecocentrism would place the welfare of the environment at the heart of our social, psychological and economic enterprises. It understands the world as a collaborating system of networks, ecologies and relationships. It recognises that human systems are a subset of nature's systems and will survive only if they survive. So Bob, it sounds like you're saying we need to be more ecocentric, but what would Australia look like if we actually were? I think in the long term, across the world, there would be considerably less humans than there are now. But in the immediate short term, as we move towards ecocentrism, 
we will begin to pay much greater attention to the supplies of water, soil and the integrity of plants, forests and animals and bird life. We will all be recognising that our needs are not greater than the needs of our fellow ecosystems. We'll recognise that endless consumption-driven economic growth is an impossibility. And we will develop measures of the health, not only of humans, but of the planet as a whole. Now, under our present anthropocentric system, we tend to see human needs as absolutely paramount and the needs of our fellow planetary inhabitants as quite dispensable. That'll change absolutely. I do not see it as an easy transition to make, but I see it as an essential one if the human species is to go on flourishing. Bob, the changes you're describing here sound pretty significant. What do you think will bring them about? I think two things will bring about this change. The first is education and recognition of the seriousness of our predicament and the fact that we can take remedial action. The second will be political and government action at the highest levels around the world. We will not change things until there is a widespread realisation that our future well-being depends on this fundamental shift in the way we view the world. And I would say that that shift begins with you, the listener to this podcast. We all need to take stock of the seriousness of the situation and the unlikelihood that on the path we are travelling at present, our children will live to a ripe old age. It will also begin when people recognise that there are ways around the problem and that we can help to promote those new ways. So Bob, what can we as everyday people do to make a difference? Well, the first thing you can do is to commit to listening to all of the podcasts in this series, which will give you an unusually rich sense of the way other Australians, including experts, are dealing with this issue. The second action that I would recommend is that you embark on what I call the Big Five. By that, I mean that you should invite four of your friends or acquaintances to spend an hour with you, just one hour, discussing five critical questions. Now, before you get together with them, I'd suggest that you give each of them a one-page outline that you can download from the Australia 21 website that will help to explain why you are convening the discussion. The page contains five questions that I suggest each person responds to in writing personally after you've finished your one hour of discussion. And that you then send a copy of that person's answers together with the other four, including your own, to Australia 21 for national tabulation. Now, until thousands of Australians are thinking about this issue and talking about it among themselves, we will not change our mindset and we will not take the action that is essential to rescue us from the dangers that lie ahead. Bob, you've mentioned it briefly, but why do you think it's important that young people take charge here? I do think that young people are ideally placed to lead out the way on this enormous challenge. It's their future above all that's at stake. They are not set in their ways to the same extent as their elders and they bring a fresh thinking and enthusiasm to the task 
of creation, creating a flourishing future. I fully acknowledge that it is my generation that has helped to put us in the serious situation that we are now in. And I certainly hope that people of my generation and those between mine and yours will take the challenge up with enthusiasm. But I do think that people between 12 and 30 have an enormous amount to offer and to gain from taking up the ecocentrism challenge now. Well, there's certainly a lot that we need to do, but we have proven that we are capable of amazing things if we work together. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today in this session. Thanks for joining us, Bob. In this session, we stated that there are 10 existential threats to human survival, and that this is due to an anthropocentric view of the world. We found that education or awareness and political action are desperately needed to create the change to an ecocentric way of life. And finally, we heard that the young people of Australia are in the best position to lead this change. In the next session, we'll be talking to Julian Cribb about what exactly these 10 existential threats are. The Survival Matters podcast has been prepared by volunteers and experts who are passionate about protecting our planet. Urgent action is needed, and we want Australians to listen to these podcasts and discuss the issues with their friends and families. Around the globe, we've seen the power of people acting together to make our world a better place. We will be reaching out to people around Australia asking for their responses to the Big Five questions so we can present them to our politicians and get a commitment to urgent action on these 10 threats to human survival. Help us show our politicians that the people of the country they represent feel strongly about these threats and want action. You can help by sharing these podcasts with as many people as you can, getting involved in a small group discussion on the Big Five questions discussed earlier that you can get from the Australia 21 website and provide us with your responses, and supporting our small crowdfunding campaign, which will start on the 29th of April. The campaign will assist us in reaching as many Australians as possible and show politicians that we care about our future and the future of those who will come after us. Find out more about the group discussions, the Big Five Questions and the crowdfunding campaign at australia21.org.au under Survival Matters. I'm Mark, your host from Australia 21, and thanks for listening to Survival Matters. Survival Matters.